edition, we look at the matchup between the Texans and the Browns in a locked-on crossover going behind enemy lines, as we like to do. I'm Robert Land from the Locked On Texans podcast, along with my co-host, Brian Patterson. And we are with Locked On Browns host, Jeff Lloyd. Good to talk to you. And as the Browns turns... Um, it's, it's been fun. Look, uh, you know, there's been a lot going on here this season. You know, you had a, a head coach finally removed, an offensive coordinator removed. You've got so much young depth here with this team. You know, your quarterback, your running back, your defensive line, your, your cornerback. There's a lot of age here with this Cleveland Browns team, a lot of young age. And these guys are starting to grip it together and come together as a team. One of the most impressive things was after the win versus Atlanta, you know, they had the week off. Guys were coming in steadily Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you see that everybody's kind of into it. And then after this Sunday's victory, everybody was in the building on Monday. They weren't required to be there. They're starting to buy in. They believe in each other. Um, And the the product is getting better. And this is before you're going to look for a head coach. This is before, you know, free agency where they're going to have close to $100 million. This is before yet another draft class. This team is really, really on the cusp here now. And it's been said many times over since 1999, but this time it really feels for real, guys. Hey, Jeff, we, we've been through it with the Texans. I mean, it's been, it took years and years uh, waiting for a quarterback. Some people thought we had one with Matt Schaub. I, I didn't feel like he was a guy that was going to go out and win you a game. He was more of the, the game manager type quarterback, but we got one last year under Sean Watson. It, it just changes your entire outlook on your day, on your life as a, as a fan of the team, as somebody that covers the team. Uh, what's it been like to have a guy like Baker Mayfield mature before your very eyes this quickly? Well, that's one of the funny things because, you know, Deshaun Watson brings a lot of banter here because Cleveland, you know, there's a lot of talk whether they passed on him, this, that, or the other thing. But look, it was the greater good of you know, accumulating as many assets as possible to get yourself in the best position. But Baker, Baker is just, he is just that guy. And he was perfect for this scenario. A losing franchise. And even the way it unfolded with the Cavaliers and LeBron James leaving town. And the the Indians, the baseball team, moving on with some pieces here. Maybe downsizing a little bit. Baker Mayfield walked into Cleveland like, well, I am who I am. I'm going to be who I am. And let's hope we can get this done. And quickly, and and he was at uh, the Cavaliers game uh, on Monday night, sitting, you know, uh, two rows behind courtside. They stopped, and everything was recognized. And they're only 4-6-1. and one. It's not like they're 7, you know, 7-4-1. and one. It's not like the, that, the record is that great. But every understand, everybody understands Baker is that guy. And, you know, every touchdown he celebrates, whether he's involved or not. He wants, you know, everybody gets a hug. He's that guy. He's energetic. He will lead. People will follow, and this is what you're looking for when you finally make that investment in a franchise quarterback, much as you guys know with Deshaun Watson. You've got to fit every part of the bill. You've got to be the player. You've got to be the guy who works harder. You've got to be that guy who's committed to the city, and these are the things you look for, and you know, Baker Mayfield is that guy as much as Deshaun Watson is, and look, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, these guys are eventually going to retire, who are going to be the next upper-tier guys in the AFC and guys, maybe you, maybe me. It's going to be good for business. It's going to be fun to talk about. Maybe we have those guys. Yeah, just you know, one thing that's changed with the Texans this year. You know, I think both teams had had this have this sort of turnaround in the middle of the year. The Texans early in the season, and everybody knows, you know, they started off zero and three, 
And one of the things that felt like it changed a little bit was Bill O'Brien became a new offensive coordinator. Uh, he was not the same guy that we saw earlier in the year. He changed for the from the first three games, and then it, it sort of gradually melded into uh, Deshaun Watson went from throwing 30, 40 times you know, a game and to, to just throwing 25 or less. Over the last six games, Deshaun Watson hasn't thrown the ball more than 25 times, where earlier in the season it was 30 and 40. And we've seen the difference here. It, it, it's been drastic. What's been the difference with Hugh Jackson gone, Todd Haley gone? How is the offense different? with uh, your new offensive coordinator. Well, Freddie Kitchen, first off, has done a fantastic job. Here was a guy that not many people know about. And, you know, me, some of the guys that I have on the regulars on the show, we butchered his name. We were calling him Todd Kitchens. I mean, we gave him every first name, but his given first name until it finally got going. But just like you guys, more of a commitment to the run. Nick Chubb is a solid running back, and he's going to be that guy for years to come. He's capable of 20-plus touches a game. He's finding his way as a receiver. And it makes it a little bit easier. So when you call the pass plays and Baker Mayfield, the greatest thing about him is is he will find the open guy. It doesn't matter if you are the third string tight end or the fifth wide receiver. If you are on the field and you are open, he's going to throw it to you. And he's going to have faith that you're going to make a play. And with Greg Williams, the emphasis has been catch the ball or don't get the reps. And the drops have decreased dramatically since then. With everybody, and even with the Jarvis Landry who... As much as he's getting paid, there were drops. The balls that are thrown to him, he's not dropping. And it allows Greg Williams to get this pass rush going. Greg Williams, that's what he loves. Get after the quarterback, get after the quarterback, get after the quarterback. And they have the guys in Cleveland, just like you guys do in Houston, where if you get enough of a pass rush, it really doesn't matter what coverage you call because these quarterbacks have less than two and a half seconds. So it's either you know the old term of you know blank or get off the pot. That's what you're doing to the opposing quarterbacks you're playing, which is going to make this matchup fun because you guys are weak at the offensive tackles. Cleveland is weak at the offensive tackle position. And there's a lot of heat going to be coming off these edges on Sunday on both these young quarterbacks. And it's going to be fun to watch how it works because, you know, Deshaun obviously a little bit more experienced. Baker a little bit more of a, hey, let's go. I don't care. I will never back away from any fight. But it's going to be a really good matchup in that regard on Sunday. You talked about change, you know, just with the the way – Things are different with the Cleveland Browns. What do you think that was missing uh, then that is in place now that has really changed the psyche of this team? Was it Hugh getting fired? Was it Baker Mayfield? Was it a combination of the two? What are your thoughts on that? I would say it's a combination of the two. Um, It seemed like things were kind of moving along, along like they were treading water. But up until that, the Charger game. At home, it was a game, and it was this was it was a litmus, te- litmus test. You know, the Chargers, obviously a very good team out in the AFC West. They came in, and they just absolutely put everything down. And, you know, talking with beat writers and some friends, obviously, you know, friends of the show who've been on, Miles Garrett walked out the door. Jabril Peppers walked out the door. Nobody was talking to the media. And it got to the point where there was a coach here whose record was piss poor in his third year. And him trying to talk to these guys and say, well, this is what I need, and this is where we're going. But kids are 21, 22, 23. They knew the coach he was. They knew the record he had. Any message he was trying to send was not being received. It was not being heard. So him moving on and moving out. And Greg Williams is, look, you know, Greg Williams, if you want to describe him, he's kind of thorny like a rose. Like, But he's honest, and he's going to... 
If he thought you did well, he's going to tell you. If he wants to get in your ass, he's going to get in your ass. He's honest, though. And, and that's what kids respond to. And, you know, the fact that he's got a little bit of a rebel without a cause attitude, and he matched that with Baker Mayfield, and he matched that with a D-line that gets nasty and gets after quarterbacks, and a defense that can create turnovers, it's a much better matchup than Hugh Jackson with, you know, I'm I'm, da, 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 I'm telling you this, this is what we need, da, 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 da. And then if the game didn't work out, he went to a Monday presser and said, well, this guy didn't do this, and this guy didn't do that. And Greg Williams is going to put the onus on himself. He's going to get on the guys, and if they didn't do their job, he's going to blast away on them. But he will stand in front of the media and take every bullet for his players, and that's what these guys respect. That's something Hugh never did. Um, you know, whether, yeah, I don't think Greg's going to be the head coach in 2019 by any means. I think he could be the defensive coordinator. I think that's what everybody wants. That's the best fit for everybody. But Greg Williams is honest with him, blatantly honest. And it's a lot easier for these guys to not have to read through the nuances of what's being told to them and just understand that what they're being told is the truth and the fact at the time that it's being given to them. Yeah, it sounds like Hugh was a little bit of a politician from what I'm hearing. Well, Hugh, I mean, you know, Hugh talked to media more than he talked to players. It was it was a facade. It, it really was. And I think some things got, with Hard Knocks, Hard Knocks being there, in the meeting where he sat with Greg Williams and he sat with sat with Todd Haley and said, "Well, guys, I've been on the other side of the table." Greg Williams was already a head coach. Uh, Haley was already a head coach. So what, what were you telling him? And and some of the stuff you saw with Baker, where he sat down and said, "Well, are you doing this? Are you doing that?" And Baker looking at him like, "Bro, I'm the future of this franchise. We know you're just kind of here right now." And it was, I mean, he should have never been brought brought back for year three. For whatever reason it was, but it was just a big, big mistake. Could they possibly have a you know a seven-win season to this point if they had gone another route? Sure, they possibly could. But look, what's done is done, and the product is good right now. And you know, blue skies are, are in the horizon for the Cleveland Browns. We got to get into these matchups a little bit, but first, I uh, just want to remind everybody that if you're enjoying Locked On Texans and Locked On Browns, tell your friends, share our. Our show links on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter. It'd be just a great way to support what we're doing. Uh, we also got to talk about our partners with Blue Chew because now you can increase your sexual performance, get that extra confidence in bed with Blue Chew. They bring the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew's prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy. The best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You know the promo code we use it for just about everything. Locked on. It's all one word. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Again, that's B-L-U-E, like the color, bluechew.com, promo code locked on, and you've got it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Jeff, let's get into these matchups. Uh, you know, I'm going to let you turn the tables on us. What What do you want to ask from a Browns perspective, and and what's the matchup that I guess intrigues you the most? Well, first things first. You know, Deshaun Watson, because uh, there's a lot here as far as you know whether or not Cleveland should have drafted him. And as terrible as his injury was last year, he had been taken over the NFL. 
everybody, you know, because, you know, I have kids. I drop them off at school. I had seen the Deshaun Watson jerseys. And it was just terrible for the league. It was terrible for the Houston Texans. The only place where it was somewhat okay was for the Cleveland Browns. They had two, you know, draft choices predicated on the Cleveland Browns record. Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb turning those players. But Deshaun Watson, a guy I love, I admire. Uh, you know, he, As much as he's a quarterback, he is a football player. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, guys, he's 100%. Everything's perfect with him because the league needs these type of guys because Deshaun Watson is just that credible of an individual. Outside of the, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, of course, him being the uh, number one pick, uh, what draft picks do you, did you see a surprise in that you were really impressed? You know, I, you know, wanted to see a little bit of Austin Corbett, but, you know, you don't have, he did not get that opportunity this year, obviously, but uh, any rookies that have really stood out for you this year? Yeah, well, with the Browns, I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, with Baker, you know, with Nick Chubb, you know, with Denzel Ward. Yeah. Um, you know, those yeah. two, you know, Corey grabbed, you know, uh, you know, two, uh, Deshaun Watson and his injury, you know, granted gave him the fourth overall pick, gave him the 37th overall pick. Uh, Jannard Avery in round five. Um, here's a guy that can start for you at outside linebacker. Here's a guy that nickel and dime can go to a true defensive end position, get after the quarterback. And he's been well with it in that position. He has been really fun to watch Jannard Avery because, you know, we get into this age nowadays where you need your hybrid players who can do multiple things. And Jannard Avery has done that. Uh, Antonio Callaway, the pick at the time, I did not like. John Dorsey will always gamble on these type of guys. And it gets a little... Yeah, I mean, you know, there's times where you just say, look, I mean, can we just draft a guy who really cares about it and, you know, didn't screw up for two years? But Antonio Callaway, each week the game gets a little bit slower. Um, he's developed a nice relationship with Baker Mayfield where, you know, anytime Baker's got to break the pocket, he's really good in the scramble drill against the Cincinnati Bagels, got himself to the back of the end zone for a touchdown pass, got himself 17 yards deep on a sideline for a big uh, second down in, I think it was 11 conversion where he picked up 17 yards. So Antonio Callaway is, you know, he's really shown well as a fourth-round pick. Um, really a, a pretty solid draft. The problem with Corbett is, is I think they drafted him with the thoughts of, hey, maybe he can play left tackle. It showed very early, very quickly, he wasn't capable of it. Uh, they're strong on the interior of the Browns. You know, J.C. Treader, uh, Zeitler at right guard, Batonio at left guard. So it, it, it became a tough spot where you realize that Corbett was only an interior guy. But, hey, it's okay. Look, you need depth as you move on in the NFL. Um, the, odd that, the odds that you're going to go through the entire season with your full offensive line intact are slim. And, you know, the interior guys have been there week in, week out. But Orson Corbett, I mean, he played well in left guard the last three games of the preseason. He showed well. He does play some blocking tight end for them. He'll be a factor here. It's just going to be more of a sit back and kind of wait for your opportunity to arise. Yeah, that's another similarity between these two teams I see, Jeff. Uh, there, there really is two GMs that seem like they know what they're doing in the draft, which is kind of nice. It's a, a welcome change, I think, for for both franchises uh -huh. because uh, Brian Gant came out of the box and, you know, Justin Reed has been fantastic. He had a bad game on Monday Night Football. So and it was bad as heck he didn't get that interception. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and Matt, it should have been mad as heck that he, that he pushed because uh, – <laughs> It wouldn't have counted anyway if he didn't get, because he didn't get it. Yeah, I saw on Twitter he he said something, and and also uh, you know Pro Football Focus our partners over there they graded him pretty poorly. So, uh, but he's been fantastic. A third round pick, a steal, and in the fourth round they got uh, Kiki QT. You, you didn't see him a ton 
making it much of a difference in, in the game on Monday night. But QT, uh, he's been the slot receiver that the Texans have been looking for for years. So if he's playing in this game, and that's a question mark, Bill O'Brien saying he sees him playing in this game. Uh, you know, it's still questionable, but you know he got the he got he gets the feeling that he's going to be playing. Uh, in the game on Sunday. So QT has been really good. And, and so with those two draft picks, considering they didn't have a first or second, of course, the first round gone because of the Deshaun Watson deal. You know, it, I think that's a, a real positive because the Texans, you know, if the Browns fans, you know, aren't following, they don't ever draft anybody in the third or fourth round that ever does anything. It's It's been a uh, it's been a black hole. So that, that's been good. You know, when I, when I look at the matchups, Jeff, I mean, I'm, I'm just curious what, what you're seeing, but uh, Browns, you, you're saying it's more ball control. It's more, you know, using Nick Chubb in the running game, that sort of stuff on offense. And to me, uh, the the Texans, I think, would like that. I mean, they've been ex- really extraordinary, especially the last few weeks against the run. I mean, I think that's the maybe the strength of their entire defense. The secondary, there's some question marks there. Uh, J. Joe, uh, he's been mostly good the last few weeks, but you know, this past week was not, you know, one one of his better performances. Uh, at the other cornerback, it's, you know, it's sort of hit. They, they don't have a, that's where their weakness is, is, is cornerback. And, and that's where they can sometimes get beat. But in the running game, I, I don't see that happening. So I, I, what are you seeing uh, Browns offense versus Texans D? Well, I think what we're going to need to see is you know, just the way the game unfolds early. Um, for the Browns, when they get started early offensively, they're able to make it a game and keep it, regardless of the outcome, close for 60 minutes. Um, if the offense isn't going early. But this has been the biggest change with Freddie Kitchens. Um, There was no three and outs for the first two games where he was offensive coordinator. There was, uh, I believe there was one or two this past week against the Bengals. But they got themselves in a position where they were up so big early that nobody in Cleveland knew how to handle it. And, you know, a lot of people, oh, well, they stalled in the second half. Guys, I mean, the Browns were up 35-7 with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. That hasn't happened in, you know, without doing research, probably 10 years. So, you know, look, we'll, we'll deal with that, you know. I mean, that's something you're going to have to learn to deal with as you improve as a product. Um, but they're capable of it. I mean, the short passing game, you got Duke Johnson, David Najoku, uh, ridiculous freak of a tight end. Find some ways to feature him. Um, Jarvis Landry is getting paid a lot of money here, but he's not really the guy as far as a wide receiver position. I mentioned Antonio Callaway, Rashard Higgins. Baker excels with exceptional route runners with good hands. You don't have to be ridiculous athletes. You don't have to be the prototypical Julio Jones, six foot four, two twenty, or even a guy like Nuke Hopkins. Baker Mayfield can succeed with a whole bunch of guys, you know, if you want to use a phrase, maybe Danny Amendola types. Guys who can just run the routes the way they're supposed to be run and be open at the depth that they're supposed to be open at. And that's what Baker has shown. So um, if the Browns were to get the ball early, spread it out. We did see some no huddle last week from Freddie Kitchens, which that aids to Baker Mayfield. What else you're going to see with Freddie Kitchens is some just fun with it. I mean, they two last two weeks, they've run some wishbone sets, and it allows Duke Johnson to get himself to a better spot to run the routes that he is accustomed to running as a running back. So they do a lot of fun stuff, and it's, and it's great to see, and they're very successful with it to this point. But, you know, this is, you know, like I had said earlier with the Chargers, that was a litmus game test. This is a big litmus test here because, you know, the last, look, the Browns haven't lost in 22 days. Actually, maybe 23 now to this point. So that's a long time for these Cleveland Browns fans. 
but now it's time to face a good opponent. And here are the Houston Texans, obviously eight in a row, with you know Watt, Merciless, and Clowney, and so many of these guys that can get after the passer. And Baker's going to have to be quick because there's going to be no ad-libbing here. It's either somebody's open, get rid of it, or, I mean, it, it, that's it. There's no end-all. There's no adjusting these plays with the athletes that Watt, Merciless, and, you know, Clowney are. It's guys are open or get rid of it. it it's just that simple. Yeah, and the Texans seem to be just gaining momentum from their pass rush from week to week, and that that is going to be Baker's biggest deal is how, how he handles that. Of course it's going to be. But uh, I want to flip uh, sides of the field uh, in just a second. Just want to remind everybody to make sure you follow at LockedOnNFLNet on Twitter and that same address on Instagram. you got all the local experts in our Lockdown NFL Network on one feed on Twitter. It's perfect when all the games are going on simultaneously. Really cool to do it. At that point, also uh, when news is breaking as well. And on Instagram, uh, Lockdown NFL Net, you get the major stories in just one minute. Perfect bite size audio when you're on the go. Just a way to catch up to everything that's going on around the NFL. Make sure you follow Lockdown NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, Brian, I'm going to let you uh, take it over a little bit for. Uh, the Texans offense versus the Browns defense. And, you know, what are you thinking there? And and I guess let's get Jeff involved with that as well. Yeah, just uh, with the offense, you know, I'm Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I'm already looking for Joe Schobert and Miles Garrett, the talented Miles Garrett, one of my favorite players. But who else am I going to have to be worried about when I get ready to do my drop back and I start seeing guys coming at me? Who do I need to be worried about the most other than those two? Well, the most interesting thing is going to be um, the way they've handled, and look, Denzel Ward here, the number four overall pick. Now, they've played Antonio Brown. They've played Mike Evans. They've played Julio Jones. Uh, didn't see A.J. Green. They're not going to see him. It seems sometimes that they've gone with Denzel Ward taking the other receiver. I mean, Antonio Brown he's played against, but the bigger receivers. Now, Nuke Hopkins. Now, look, Nuke when you talk top five wide receivers, and I will put New Hopkins in there because he is one of my favorites. But the one thing he doesn't bring, he doesn't bring that six foot four size like a Mike Evans or like a you know you know like I mentioned with Julio Jones, a T.J. Carey um, against Tampa. Demarius Randall went from free safety to play cornerback, so you might see you're going to see some matchups with uh, Denzel Ward against New Hopkins. It's going to be interesting for Denzel Ward. Look, I mean he's had a murderer's row of wide receiver ones this year he's played against. And for the most part, he showed very, very well as a rookie. But Nuke, he's got the filthy feet. He knows how to run his routes. Uh, all he needs is a little crack for a, you know, a window for a ball. So it's going to be fun to see how they do that. But you, know, you could see some TJ carry on him. But Demarius Randall at the free safety position, he's come in and he's just he's brought an attitude. And here's a guy that hadn't played free safety since college. Three years in Green Bay, played cornerback, was a free safety in college. He's come in here and he stabilized that back end of the secondary. Greg Williams likes his cover too. If you guys remember from games last year, the game last year, Jabril Peppers was playing back there. It was not good. Uh, it worked out very well for the Texans that Jabril Peppers wasn't good back there. They do have good, strong safeties who play good to the box. Whether it's Jabril Peppers, whether it's, a Der- whether it's Derek Kindred. Uh, Jannard Avery at the linebacker position. It's not his best spot. If he gets in coverage, it's a mismatch. If it's a Lamar Miller and Jannard Avery, they're going to eat there. Jamie Collins, it's a feast or famine. Jamie Collins has really good weeks, and then he has weeks where it's almost non-existent. Um, 
you know, unfortunately for you guys, the way if you're playing the bingo card of it, this might be a week where he has a good week, uh, Jamie Collins, because it hasn't been good, it hasn't been good the last couple of weeks. But even, uh, you know, so that's where you're at with the linebackers. But uh, on the defensive line, Larry Ogunjobi, just growing more and more, uh, you know, as an interior defensive player. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba, you know, you guys know him, Oklahoma State. You know, I think he was the Texas kid to begin with. He's, mm-hmm. you know, getting there. You know, he's been injured, but the foot is getting better. Uh, you know, he's a nice counter to a guy like Miles Garrett. But they've been able to develop a little depth on the defensive line. Anthony Zettel was a free agent pickup that they got about week two or week three. He's come in. He was actually their highest-graded player by Pro Football Focus on his 17 snaps that he had this previous week. He's an assignment guy. He will do what is asked of him. So defensively, it's a it's a nice, solid unit. If they can stop Lamar Miller in the run game and not give up a 97-yard touchdown, I took that one uh, on the wrong end of a fantasy game this week. But if they can control the run game and just be able to settle into pass coverage, I think they will be okay but like I said, I mean, this is a big, big matchup for this team because now this is the new version over the last month here where they only lost to Kansas City, beat the Falcons. You know, they obviously, you know, beat the Bengals. But now it's a question of whether or not, you know, here we go, guys. These are playoff teams we're playing now. How's this product going to look? And you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, well, I, I don't know if he's as tall as those other guys, but if there's a one-on-one battle to win... Uh, I don't care what the guy's height. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is as good as it gets. And 71 catches this year, zero, zero dropped passes so far. Well, they're going like a high-low. And that's the other thing. Besides Denzel Ward, the other cornerbacks on this team, they're like like bigger, longer, skinnier guys. TJ Carey had a really good game against Julio Jones. I believe it was five receptions for 42 yards. So they kind of just kind of that mismatch where you know they keep the longer guy in front or on the ball and their safety help to it, and they'll have Denzel Ward just trail one on one with the other receiver. So that's something you're probably going to look out for this Sunday. Yeah, you talked about um, the you know how handling Deshaun Watson. Let's let's get into that because uh, Browns defense you know, that's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with the scrambling and all the stuff that he does. Uh, what do you guys do? Do you have you used a spy when you've had uh, quarterbacks with a little bit more mobility this year? How, how have they handled that? Um, they haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks with mobility, um, and it kind of hurt them in the Tampa game because Jameis Winston and Jameis Winston. You watch him run; he kind of looks like a seventy-year-old grandparent. I mean, it's just awkward and unathletic. Um, but you could see more of it. And one thing I've been preaching is you have two good, strong safeties in Jabril Peppers and in Derek Kindred. Maybe it's time to put, and the funniest thing is they were looking actively at the trade deadline to get more athletic at the linebacker position. Joe Schobert, as fantastic as a player as he is, he's not that great of an athlete. So Jabril Peppers or maybe Derek Kindred, whether it's a nickel or a dime spot as a linebacker, maybe you need to start doing this. And look, Greg Williams is evolving this week and, I mean, over these last few weeks and changing things. And part of it is his son's on the staff. His son is very driven analytically. He was an Ivy League school graduate. It might be time to see a Jabril Peppers. That would be the guy to be the spy in Deshaun Watson if you're going to do it. And I do think you have to this week because I think there's enough coverage to contain what the Texans bring, but you've got to account for the fact that Deshaun's got those legs. Yeah, I guess the closest thing to a mobile quarterback was Pat Mahomes that you faced. And they didn't have enough. I mean, they didn't have enough. I mean, the game got kind of out of hand early. 
so you didn't have to really worry so much about Pat's mobility. He was able to get some yards when he needed. But yeah, I mean, Pat, a very mobile guy. But they don't, it's almost kind of like they go for the sack or they cover. And we haven't seen enough emphasis on the fact that there are quarterbacks who run well enough. They really haven't had a game plan, whether it was before Hugh or after Hugh, to combat the fact that, you know, a solid quarterback who can get you 60 to 80 yards on the ground if he needs to. Where do you guys see this game going? I mean, do you feel like I, – I mean, I I thought it's a win four weeks ago, and now that Hugh's gone, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's funny because the Browns and the Texans have kind of become an annual thing. And, you yeah. know, last year it wasn't uh, – you know, it wasn't much of a game because of the quarterback. Kevin and, Hogan <laughs> starting. Yeah, Kevin – we got a big dose of Kevin Hogan, and that was great. Can we, can we yeah. bring back can – you, can you guys bring back Kevin Hogan for us? I would love it. I believe he's he, – is he the backup quarterback for the Redskins right now? Because I know that's where the Browns shipped him to. He might be the number two in uh, Washington right now. I think they oh. signed Mark, uh, Mark Sanchez, though. I don't know where okay. he's at on the depth chart, but he's somewhere over there. I've, I've lost track of him. <laughs> After he served his suspension for PEDs, which apparently didn't work because the guy never played. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, you know, with Baker, I, you know, it's going to be fun. But the thing is, they've got to start early because it's a young team and there's a lot involved. And if it's not a game early and they can't do what they want early, then there's going to be the question of, you know, what's going on. And there's always the question of the fact that, look, Greg Williams is here and Freddie Kitchens is here. They understand it could only be five more games together with these guys. Um, it's going to be a fun matchup. I, the question is going to be, you know, where, what type of scoring game you're going to see. Because I think they can hold up defensively enough. But, I mean, you guys are the top team in the AFC South for a reason. And, obviously, reeling off eight straight. I mean, I don't know if you guys are. For me, I'm one of those guys that says maybe we just need a loss here just to get back to our roots because you don't think you're going to reel off, you know, 13, 14 in a row before you get to the playoffs. But you guys tell me on that. I mean, and Deshaun, and I am happy that Will Fuller's not playing this week. I was a big Will Fuller guy. I think he's just a guy who excels vertically. So that's probably something this defense, I mean, this offense is missing a little bit. So you guys tell me on that. Yeah, it's, it, oh, they definitely miss Will Fuller for sure. Demarius, it was good to get him a couple of touchdowns, and, and, and they, they had a little bit more time uh, to, to get him involved with the offense, with the, the bye week and, and, and other stuff. And they, they finally, you finally saw a little bit about what, what he was capable of doing, why they brought him over. I think in the red zone especially, that's, that's where they're going to benefit from him. But, yeah, they can't take the top off the defense like they could with Will Fuller. And QT gave him at least some speed, although in the slot. Uh, and so, again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if he can play. It, it still feels like he's an important guy for the Texans. But, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm not expecting – the one thing I guess I'm not expecting is a high-scoring game. But you feel like, you know, Brian, I mean – they can they win nine in a row? I mean, is, is it even possible? I mean, we didn't think they could win five, six, seven, eight in a row. This is crazy. We just keep counting up and up, and uh, I, I would say very much so with this being the home game uh, that that we could beat the Browns. Uh, but it it just really uh, depends. And you know, back to what we were talking about with Kiki, 
you know, that all depends on his health. He's, he has re-aggravated his hamstring uh, once again. And before uh, the Texans, you know, was able to trade uh, for Demarius Thomas, I wondered if they were going to move Kiki to the outside. But I think they really like him in the slot because that is where his bread and butter is. But you would think that with such a weapon you have with the speed, you, you could put him out there. And uh, But with Demarius Thomas, although his speed is not where it used to be, he's still a dangerous offensive weapon, as we saw uh, last night. So I, I really do expect for this offense, you know, we didn't expect them to uh, score 34 points, and they did so. So it's going to be a mixed bag against the Browns, but uh, expect some competitive football. I just think that your defense, um, although very talented, you may disagree with me, but has taken a, a, a tad step back from last season as opposed to this season. It may be because it's injuries, but that's that's just what I've noticed from some of the games that I've seen. Um, well, there were games where the defense was the calling card. We won the, the tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The only reason that game got to overtime was because of the defense. And it was what you're seeing from the defense and what you saw a little bit different from 17 is the defense has a little bit more confidence that they don't have to just say, all right, if, it, if we give up more than 16, it's an automatic loss. They don't feel that way now. And okay. Denzel Ward, it's going to be, I, you know, Demarius Thomas, I think Denzel Ward, that's going to be his assignment. They're going to go high-low on Nuke Hopkins. They're going to respect what Nuke brings. Uh, you know, so you know, then Lamar Miller, you know, look, Lamar Miller's a good back. I, I don't think anybody, you know, at the end of the day, when you're looking at the Houston Texans, says, all right, well, we got to do everything we can to control Lamar Miller. I mean, you're worried about, you know, Deshaun. You're worried about the two big outside threats, whether Katoo can play or not. You know, that's going to be interesting. I don't know if it's going to mean that much. You know, they, they're they okay at the slot cornerback position with uh, Brian Bade Cahoon. It, it's going to be about the big one of whether it's New Hopkins and it's whether they're going to be, you know, how Denzel Ward can handle Demarius Thomas. But, but for both these teams, guys, I mean, you guys can get after the quarterback. The Browns can get after the quarterback. It could be interesting because we're talking about a game where you can talk combined. We could see double-digit sacks and not even think twice about it with the tackle play that both these teams are bringing on Sunday. Just a final thought. I mean, this is a game that in years past, nobody would have cared about nationally. I think this is like one of the marquee games of the week. It's one of the more fun games of the week for sure. Well, the thing that shocked me, though, was everything I was being told is that this game was going to be flexed. And then all of a sudden, at the last second, the league and everybody pulled the plug. This game was going to be flexed. I'm wondering if they, if you know, they could have made the decision Sunday night after the Browns had won another game, and you guys, I mean, before you went into Monday night, whatever, it was still seven or you know, seven wins or eight wins. Maybe now is the NFL regretting that because look, Baker Mayfield, number one pick in the draft, Deshaun Watson, as regard as he is in the league, J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. I mean, there's a lot of names here. I mean, this game was going to be flexed, but they pulled the plug on it on the last second. It is. It is a big, big-time game. And it's not even so much, I mean, for you guys, it is about this year. The Browns, maybe it's not. But this is about the next four, five years with both these franchises who are both on the, you know, the train tracks. And they are headed north, and nobody's going to stop them. Yeah, and there's just there's all these storylines going on, too, with, you know, the Browns and the Texans now have the, the Bob McNair thing kind of hanging over the rest of the season. So, yeah, there's a lot of storylines going on. 
Yeah, a lot of motivation there. Just a quick question, but you know, I know we're we're probably getting ready to go here, but uh, you know, Condoleezza Rice is in the news. You know, being <laughs> the you know the rumors of being the next coach. I don't see it, but do you see her being in the front office making decisions? Because this woman was she's she's actually on the college football playoff committee. She's making those decisions. She knows football. Uh, do you see that more of a possibility? You know, sometimes I think that this is just a way to get the Browns in the headlines because. My jaw dropped when I saw the headline myself. But what do you think about that? Just quickly there. Sorry. <laughs> and to, it, talking with Browns people, um, they are close as an organization with Condoleezza Rice. And look, she yeah. has the football background. Condoleezza Rice wants to have a job with the NFL. Maybe even her aspirations are as high as NFL commissioner. I love Condoleezza, Condoleezza Rice. I see that. <laughs> I think she's solid. I really do. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, look, I mean, if you said she had been in the game for 10 to 15 years in this capacity and this capacity, sure, she'd be capable of a front office position with an organization. But it, it, I don't think it was about that. I think it was about getting her name out there and getting her yeah. somewhere. And this is what she wants to do. And look, I mean, when a guy like Reuben Foster smacks around his girlfriend Friday night for the second time within, what, five or six months, and then gets picked up on waivers today. And look, God bless every other NFL team other than the Washington Redskins for saying, we're not touching this issue right now. They go ahead and they bring him in. This is what you want. You need to get away from some of this stuff. And it, this stuff has to end within the league. There's certain right. things you have to do to be part of the NFL. And Reuben Foster, right now, you are not part of it. And that's where you want to bring a woman in where who can say, look, hey, I'm telling you this isn't right. The old boy and the old ways and the old, you know, the, the old back, that stuff needs to stop. You need to start looking at this modern day. And that's something that kind of Lisa Rice can do for the NFL. And they most certainly should pursue it as a league. Yeah, she knows a little bit about diplomacy. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. part of her background. Uh, so, yeah, Condoleezza would be it'd, be, it'd be a fun storyline. I'd love to see it. Uh, can't wait for this game, guys. I'm really looking forward to this. And, and it's always fun to catch up with you, Jeff, and go over stuff that's going on with the Browns because, boy, this sure is a fun team to, to, to follow this year. You know, I mean, I'm enjoying the product. And as much, guys, you know, I, I enjoyed the Houston Texans product last year up until Deshaun got hurt. Um, you know, obviously it left you guys in a tough spot here because, you know, had a quarterback coming back from rehab. But look, you know, Denzel Ward, uh, the pick from Houston at the time, it wasn't look a pick that was going to be closer to 20. It ended up being number four overall. Obviously, the second-round pick due to the Brock Osweiler trade was turned into Nick Chubb. Uh, there's going to be – it's going to be intertwined here over the next few years. And let's hope that we're, when we start doing more of these crossover shows together, they're playoff games or they're late games in the season where everything is on the line because these are two franchises. And look, you know, the Steelers, maybe the wheels are falling off. Tom Brady can't play forever. You know, Kansas City's going to be a force, but the Chargers, Phillip Rivers ain't going to be around forever. There's time and there's space here for a new upper echelon in the AFC. And let's hope you guys and me, we're the ones that get to talk about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That sounds good. Uh, Locked on Browns, Locked on Texans. It's at Locked on Browns, at Locked on Texans. Uh, Jeff, I believe it's at Jeff uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, if I got that one right? Nailed it. All right. Perfect. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, of course, it's uh, with us. It's uh, at HST Podcast and at House of Houston as well. Uh, keep listening to us. If you're a first-timer, we do this every day. It's a daily show. And uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. <laughs>